0: need something original and affordable for mother's day etsy has it shop until may 12th for up to 30 percent off gifts for mom terms apply
1: welcome to cbs audio's eye on veterans i'm your host phil briggs i'm a navy veteran and every week i get a chance to look at the issues of the day through the eyes of my fellow military vets Now, sometimes we get a military veteran expert in here to talk about the issues in the news, and other times we'll talk about the issues that uniquely affect veterans. But I tell you, every episode will bring you fascinating guests with incredible stories to share. My goal every week is simple, bring you something informative and something that will inspire the hell out of you. This is the news and stories about the veteran lifestyle. This is Eye on Veterans. And on this episode, we'll discover a new online magazine that's dedicated to helping veterans find not just a job, but a career.
2: These men and women come back and separate. There is a lack of information about what opportunities they have and how we translate their skills in a way to get them into really good careers. So that's what we call them, lifeboat jobs, where you're just, you know, just making it by.
1: And then... Before Army veteran and entrepreneur Jerry Flanagan had over 200 franchises, it was just him, a Jeep, and a trailer.
3: And I went out and started hauling junk in my local neighborhood.
1: We'll talk with him about how he founded one of the most successful veteran-owned franchises in the country and hear stories from the world of J-Dog junk removal. I'd
3: say one of the most incredible things I ever picked up was the first 20 editions of Sports Illustrated with all the business cards in them. I thought that was pretty cool because that was the original Sports Illustrated from 1954. I also picked up an 800-pound anchor that was over 100 years old that was embedded in someone's backyard. Yeah, the the stories go on, and we could do a a whole mini series of uh, you know of of the junk stories that you encounter when you're cleaning out these homes.
1: That's all coming at you next. This hour, I want to talk about jobs. Because let's face it, everyone needs one. And in 2020, they're in short supply. Uh, COVID's wrecked the economy. Some people are laid off. Some people are laid up. We don't even know what's going to go on. And you need to know about this valuable resource that I found. It's called WorkingNation.com. And it covers the world of jobs. They got trends and information about what jobs are available, where you can find the jobs of the future. And in the November edition of their online magazine, Inquire Within, they examine some of the issues and some of the opportunities for veterans looking for a better career. And I'm happy to talk with Working Nations Joan Lynch, who's the Chief of Content and Programming Officer, a TV executive. She got veterans in her family and an interesting former life as an executive producer at ESPN.
2: Joan, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Man, I
1: was interested by this website. I'd never seen the world of jobs looked at this way, I'd never known that there was a website that just talked about where jobs are. And I can tell some of your production chops and some of the background there at a network television thing because of the way these stories are packaged. So, uh, first and foremost, tell me a little bit about the veteran connection in your family.
2: Yeah, sure. So, uh, my father was a helicopter pilot in Vietnam. He flew Hueys. few east. I lived from 68 to 71. Um, my grandfather was a Marine uh, and had a lot of cousins that were in the military. So, so, the military, America, and all of that was very, very important in our family. Uh, and my father... Turns out, my entire life had been talking to me about the skills that, that veterans have when they come back from from service or when they separate.
1: Mm. And no doubt you had heard that growing up. And then you make the leap yourself from the television industry, where I know your work and we all have seen your work with Thirty for Thirty on ESPN. But um, you make the leap to this WorkingNation.com. Tell me kind of the thirty thousand foot view of what Working Nation is and does for everybody.
2: Sure. Working Nation is a not-for-profit media company, um, and we tell stories about about work and employment. We talk about solutions and where the jobs of the future will be. And it was uh, it was started six years ago when a venture capitalist, Art Bilger, approached me and said that he wanted to tell some stories about employment. Um, and it became very clear very quickly to me as a former journalist at ABC News and as a uh, documentarian and, and um TV producer at ESPN, that the stories that were out there were really a little bit basic. And really what people would talk about was just the unemployment numbers, which does not tell the whole story. So Art brought me in six years ago and had me build this media company that has a journalism side, um, high-level executives that we run in from the Wall Street Journal and CNBC and other places. So we do journalism. And then we also do uh, documentaries and long-form interviews and these magazines.
1: Mm, So cool. And as a guy that's been in this veteran lane, I saw so many parallels with some of the previous stories I've covered here. Um, Everything from the veteran that made his own brand of beer to um, Mm -hmm. one really cool story I covered one time about a guy that made RFID chip gun cabinets. And they look like a flag hanging on the wall, but you like wand this you know, card over the top of the cabinet and all of a sudden James Bond style, it kind of like hydraulically opens in the middle and then there's, you know, black oh, foam awesome. and like a place for your gun and your cash and your bourbon and all the things you don't want the kids to touch.
2: So, right. It's <laughs> <That's laughs> so, great. Yeah. I need one. Right. Who?
1: And now uh, Christmas right around the corner. I'll send you the link right Great. let's talk about this edition of inquire within this again it's an online web magazine it's basically just like page after page of like cool videos and as i was looking through the videos uh i saw some familiar faces uh mainly abc news correspondent bob woodruff uh, but he was interviewing dr david calloway who's the professor of emergency medicine at atrium health in the carolinas medical center in charlotte uh but he's also a, a, a familiar face to those of us in the veteran community because he's on team rubicon and he's a Navy mm-hmm. veteran. Share with me a little bit about that story.
2: Sure. Uh, Dr. Calloway is an absolute rock star and, and probably one of the most patriotic folks I've ever met in my life. I had the, the pleasure of meeting him about four years ago um, when he was at what was then Carolina Health Group, which is now Atrium Health. And uh, he was the head of emergency medicine. So he was training medical students. He was training PA students. But he was also training the medics from Fort Bragg. And we got into a conversation about these men and women who serve sometimes you know, 10, 12 years. There's a million dollars of, of uh, training that goes into these medics. Most of them are enlisted, so high school degrees, You know, maybe no college. And when they come back, they weren't getting even one credit towards the MP school or PA school. Um, and they were really struggling. And Dave set out to fix that problem, which is a very complicated thing to fix. When you, As you know, you're working at the DOD you're working with higher education um, and in the medical field and certifications is very confusing. So we've known each other for about four years and he came into the magazine and, and did a conversation with Bob Woodruff who I had introduced him to because of Bob's experience as we know what happened to him when he was very badly injured in Iraq and uh, a few years ago I introduced them so that they could have a conversation about the medical care that, that Woodruff got and what Callaway is trying to do. So this particular Interview in our magazine is a little bit about that, but it's also just very clear. Uh, they talk also about COVID and what's going on, so it's very current. Uh, but what Callaway is talking about and what he's doing at his hospital is really getting veterans into healthcare jobs. And that does not mean necessarily nursing and medics. It could be in cyber. It could be in logistics. But when these men and women come back and separate, there is a lack of information about what opportunities they have and how we translate their skills in a way to get them into really good careers, instead of, as we call them, lifeboat jobs, where you're just you know, just making it by. So, you know, I, I encourage everybody to listen to the interview. Callaway's the rock star, and, and he and Woodruff have a very funny back and forth. They have a, a nice relationship. I
1: mean,
0: when I was hit and I was out for 36 days, the, it was the nurses and the doctors that brought me back to life. I would not be here right now if it was not for them. But you and I talked about this and when they came back to the United States to get into the civilian medical world, they were not really getting properly hired and trained and given the, given the, the rights to practice. Well, Bob, we're still working on that program and uh, you, you firsthand saw that it's not just the medical skills that uh, these teams have, it's the decision making and the ability to lead in crisis and, and you're an example of, of the success. And what we uh, what we started working on about a decade ago was this idea that medics and med- medical providers in the military shouldn't separate from the military; they should graduate from the military, and we should be able to capitalize on this incredible war dividend that's been developed over now two decades of, of crisis and combat operations.
1: So cool, and it's something that even I noticed it when I got into journalism. After my service in the Navy, it was like, oh, you went to defense information school? Well, sorry, stand behind in line, the kid that just right. left Columbia School of Journalism. And I'm like, wait a that's minute, right. I've actually covered stories. I've been on a flight deck. I, I, I've i actually written, a, you know, 100 plus published articles and I got to get behind, right. you know, some wet behind the ears kid right out of college who, you know, did a really neat internship.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so that's exactly right. That's <laughs> the problem.
1: Now stick around and we'll talk about even more career opportunities for veterans with WorkingNation.com's Joan Lynch when CBS Eye on Veterans returns. Welcome back to CBS Eye on Veterans. I'm Navy veteran and reporter for ConnectingVets.com, Phil Briggs. And while it's easy for me to sum up my job in a quick two-second intro on a radio show or a podcast, if you're a veteran, You might not be working in the field that rewards all of your skills, God-given talents and abilities. And that's what our next guest is here to talk about. After working at ABC News and ESPN, Joan Lynch was a big-time television producer, but she's now bringing her talents to a nonprofit organization you're going to want to get to know. It's called WorkingNation.com, and each month they produce an online magazine called Inquire Within. Nationally known and recognized journalists make stories about where the jobs are today where they'll be tomorrow, and how we can get them. We'll rejoin my interview with Joan where we talked about how some of these jobs might be out in the country rather than stuck in the city behind a desk. Let's talk a little bit more about another cool, compelling video I saw on the website, and that was a conversation about farming. Um, it, it, It was about Rethink Ready!, And, you know, the video, you know, as you look at it on the website is a guy walking alongside a row of crops and, 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 and it appears to be sort of a statement about how we need to change our, our misperceptions about what being ready for employment is.
2: That's exactly right. And in every one of our inquiries within magazines, we have a story called rethink ready. And we want to highlight, you know, someone that perhaps was in a different field and had to rethink how they were going to be prepared for the future of work as, As we know, jobs and work and skills is changing radically and very quickly in this country. So everyone across the board needs to be aware and needs to rethink ready for themselves. But that particular story was about Comfort Farms, which is down in in Georgia. Um, Garrett Cathcart, who you might have heard of before, who runs Mission Roll Call, introduced me to that story. And he actually went down and did the interview.
0: For the first time in my life, I felt like I've lost my edge. I'm not as sharp, and I just didn't feel relevant as a, as a person, as a human being.
2: You know, and it's a, it's a beautiful story about a, a soldier who came back that was really struggling, and he set up this farm. Um, and not only does he do farming, and I believe there's a long-form documentary coming out about his program, but he also brings families and veterans into the farm. They work together. They learn how to do things together. And really what it is, is he, he's bringing together this community of like-minded individuals who might need a little bit of support. They might need to talk about, you know, what's next for me. But while they're doing it, they're, they're hands-on. It's very familiar to them in terms of the military. They're working on things. They're building chicken cages. They're doing all this. But really what he's doing is creating an environment, in some cases, for people to heal Um, from some, you know, maybe invisible scars. In other cases, it's just for folks to get together and say, hey, I'm struggling to find a good job or this. And it's a community, which, as you know, the military is about community, and it's one of the things that that our veterans really struggle with, and they come back because they're used to having those other men and women around them, uh, their team. So it's it's a great program down in Georgia, and we're, we're thrilled to be able to tell the story.
0: When I decided to kind of pick myself up through my own bootstraps, I knew I wanted to use agriculture in a way to help veterans. And so I created Comfort Farms. Comfort Farms is geared to helping veterans find their sense of purpose to serve self, community, and team. We have accreditation now with a new grant through Central Georgia Technical College to teach veterans how to be sustainable farmers and they will learn from the ground up this hybrid model of what it needs to be to run a successful farm.
1: Mm. Very cool. And I've covered again, other stories similar to that. And yeah, there's something cathartic about getting your hands in the land, getting all covered in dirt. And I think it's an idea starter for a lot of people who might be considering, hey, you know, maybe in my neck of the woods, I might want to start a produce market. I might want to do something in agribusiness and to that you right. also have an interview in this month's edition uh, with somebody that can kind of help you get those wheels turning if you want to become an entrepreneur and uh, cool. namely it's the head of a very powerful group called Bunker Labs tell me a little bit about more about what he shares
2: yeah sure uh, so Blake Logan is the CEO we we interviewed him our editor-in-chief Ramona Monash did an interview with him He's a uh, former Marine Corps and you know Bunker Labs as you said pretty common Um, organization within the veterans community, people have heard about it, but when you really dig into the success rates they've had um, in getting veterans set up in business, they have done something incredibly smart in setting up these regional bunker labs. So not only do you have the support, but you have someone in your neck of the woods who you can work directly with, who can
4: support you. When the world war two cohort came home I mean, it's, it was such a different story, right? You had 16 million veterans. Everybody in, in the country was connected to uh, the wars in, in service in some way, shape or form. Uh, and nearly half of them started businesses. So if I wanted to go into, uh, you know, into media, I would have found you, Ramona, at the American Legion. We would have had a beer. We would have said you said you're like, hey, this is this is how I did it. Um, you know, now we're we've got less than one percent of the U.S. population serves in the military. Increasingly, they're coming from military families, um, so you're just your aperture of what you're seeing when you leave the military might be a little bit more limited. And um, you know, it is. We say all the time that people will be what they can see, um, and we think it's important that you know, if you're a military police officer right now, if if you know, you should know that there are options that exist uh, beyond going into law enforcement. If you want to go into law enforcement, that's awesome. That's great. You should absolutely do that. But you should also know that. You know, you could go start a, you know, a tech company, you could go, you know, grow a a barbecue sauce company, whatever it is that, that, you know, you want to do under the sort of entrepreneurial sun.
2: You know, the other thing that I found really inspiring about the the interview with Blake is he talks about, um, and I love this about veterans, he talked about how when COVID hit as an organization, they really had to pivot and look at, you know, what was going on with layoffs And, you know, jobs going away. And really what they looked at is, do our entrepreneurs need our help right now in things like getting the PPP money? So they they put a lot of their energy into making sure that their entrepreneurs who had maybe just started a business or had been just getting to a point where they're getting successful, in some cases, some, as soon as COVID hit, it looked like they were going to go out of business. So they stepped in and said, we're going to help support you in this way, help you fill out the paperwork help you do all of this because as an organization, that's what they do. They're trying to teach them how to be better business leaders and, and create these opportunities. So I thought his bunker labs is fantastic. Great organizations have come out of their companies, but they also are so focused on the people that they serve that during COVID, I, I just thought their pivot story was, was pretty remarkable.
1: Indeed. And in fact, I've actually consulted with them before, not just covering stories, but with my own business ideas and found a wealth of talent behind those meetings where you can learn from people that have done it, how to put together your business plan. You can learn uh, the things you need to know before you even take your first step. And it's That's right. so crucial, and I'm so glad to see it getting, uh, you know, some airtime here with Working yes. Nation. Uh, Joan Lynch, so much cool going on with this Inquire Within online news magazine as part of WorkingNation.com. And uh, what do we look forward to in the future, and how can I learn more?
2: Well, for the rest of the month, we've dedicated the entire month, as we did last year, um, to talking about veterans and work. So we're going to continue to every day on our website, you know, about veterans, and I should say, and their spouses as well, and families. Uh, And then going into 2021, we'll continue to do that. But we also are are setting up our next magazines will be about healthcare, where the jobs of the future are there, about green jobs and the environment, which is a fascinating space and one where veterans are absolutely set up to succeed in a lot of these industries that are growing Um, and a lot of these jobs that are available that you might not need a four year degree for. You might need just some industry certification credentials. So we talk about different topics. Veterans happens to be this this November, and, and certainly I'm passionate about it, so we tell it throughout the year. But every day we've got journalism about it. We've got great podcasts, great short documentaries. Um, but really it's about giving people the solutions. And, and I should say regionally, we're very, very focused on local. So for a lot of veterans coming back, they might want to go back to where they're from. There is opportunity in different areas of this country that we don't talk about a lot. So what we do at Working Nation is we go really narrow, we go into the state level, we go into the community level, and we say, what are the opportunities here and what do you have to do to be able to transition into this life-sustaining, hopefully purposeful um, career to to grow and, and to take care of yourself and your family?
1: Well, I love it. Uh, uh, you know, a job is something we all need, but a career yep. is something that we all covet. And I'm glad to see that you are getting the you're getting the ideas started with these documentaries, with these shorts. And uh, again, you can find it all at WorkingNation.com. Joan Lynch, Chief Content Officer, appreciate your time.
2: It was an absolute pleasure. Thanks for the work you do for our veterans.
1: Welcome back to CBS Ion Veterans. I'm journalist for ConnectingVets.com, Phil Briggs, and a proud Navy veteran. Now, we'll continue today's theme of how to get a job with a veteran I've looked up to for a long time. Jerry J-Dog Flanagan is the founder of J-Dog Junk Removal. But the story of how he built a company into over 200 franchises is one of my absolute favorite vet-owned business success stories. And more than just a story, J-Dog just might have the career that you're looking for. Jerry, great to talk to you again.
3: Thanks for having me.
1: Man, I remember looking you up, and I just missed you, by the way, at the Military Influencers Conference in D.C. about a year ago. But I remember looking you up because I saw that thing about Veterans Shark Tank, where veterans can pitch their business opportunities and their ideas for a business in search of funding and support. And I remember your story, and I called you out of the blue. And you sat down and told me a little bit about your whole backstory. I want to revisit that a little bit for everyone on this show today, because I know we're in the middle of this COVID economy and people are losing jobs. People aren't sure what to do. And starting a business is a phenomenal thing to do, I think, in all different economic environments. But uh, let's go all the way to the beginning from what I remember. And that was you, the U.S. Army. And a Jeep.
3: Sure. So uh, I served active duty um, army. I was a 31 kilo, which back then it was called a wire dog. Um, That's where the name J dog came from. My nickname in the army was J dog. And I did a, you know, did a few years of active duty, um, got out, attempted college. That didn't work out so well, less than about six months there. And I did the, uh, you know, three jobs pays the bills program. That was one of the, uh, the things I was famous for for a few years reenlisted in the national guard did another two years, uh, just after desert storm. And here I, here I turned out to be, uh, one of these guys who landed in a warehouse, uh, working in a retail location. And basically from there, I worked with an entrepreneur over seven years, watched him make a lot of money while I was making, you know, five and $10,000 raises each year. And I realized after about seven years, I'm doing everything in this company, everything from leasing, operations, marketing, um, I really had it all going on and I wasn't really earning the kind of money I wanted to, and I didn't have any equity. So I went out on my own and tried my own business. Um, it failed, uh, did well enough where the cash was good, but, uh, I ran out of money and lessons learned. Um, it was a good, good, re- good thing that I, I did fail. Um, cause I realized I needed more capital if I was going to do my next venture. Hmm. Um, spent five more years working for that guy again, went back to him and then it said, I really need to be an entrepreneur And at this point, um, my wife and I decided, let's get into this thing together. So we ran, we opened up the swing set business, moon bounces, birthday parties in the late 2000s, and we franchised it. And it was actually pretty good. It was like a Chuck E. Cheese on steroids, where they had kids playing on the play sets. Parents were in the parents' lounge watching football. It's a pretty cool company. Um, Did six franchises there. And before you know it, 2008 hits and the economy crashes. Takes everything out from underneath us. Um, that was uh, two two years um, after 2008. We wound up having to file bankruptcy. Um, Forty three years old. I own a Jeep, and I'm looking at my wife going, "What's next?" Mm. And um, I had the resume out there. wasn't really getting much response because I don't have a degree, and I really never leaned on my military service because I only served you know a few years back in the 80s and 90s. But I did see online a recession-proof model called um, Junk Removal. You know, this one here junk and some of these other companies were out there picking up junk, charging customers. And I said, you know what, I can do that. So I bought a landscape trailer, and I went out and started hauling junk in my local neighborhood.
1: And I want to pause you right there, because that, to me, speaks to where we are right now. And people are yep. out there going, what can I do in my own backyard to make some money today? And before we get into the franchising and the business model success, it was literally you, that Jeep in a trailer, going around asking neighbors if they needed anything taken to the dump, right?
3: Exactly. So my wife, well, my wife and I, what we would do is we'd get index cards and we'd handwrite our name, phone number, um, you know, veteran owned and operated on these index cards. And we'd put them out at the pizza shop, at the doctor's offices, at the, at the dry cleaning, all in, within a mile of our house. Because my philosophy was, if I can just work the 1200 homes that are within a mile of my home townhouses, I can make some money and I could go to the school where I pick up my daughter. She's a middle school. I talk to customers while I'm in line, talk to the moms. I'd book jobs every day while I'm picking on my kid at two o'clock. There's always ways to make money. Um, if you can find the right type of business.
1: And I think that that's hope and optimism right there in that you were living this and it works. Um, but it took a couple, it took a couple maneuvers now to grow from just a Jeep into a full, you know, a fully blown business operation. Talk to me about next steps.
3: Yeah. So what happened was um, in 2012, I'd been doing it for about a year. My wife and I, I've been hiring uh, veterans that were at the um, VA hospital over here in Coatesville, um, compensated work therapy. These were struggling veterans uh, trying to find work, and they, were, they weren't getting hired because of, of prior addictions. And I was hiring them. I was putting them on the trucks, getting them to work getting them back on their feet. And Tracy and I got used to this. And so she says to me, we need to franchise this thing. You could teach veterans how to open up their own junk removal business because we have the playbook. You've been doing it. The margins are good. The, the demand is unlimited. Um, we're the veteran company. No one else is out there is doing this, this veteran business model like we are. So let's franchise it. So it was her idea. Um, so we did it. We went ahead and um, started franchising. And we got into this thing about 2014, we realized we've got a monster here. Um, there was no way I could haul junk, clean out dumpsters, clean out hoarder homes with my bare hands, and also sell franchises. I had to pick one or the other. And we approached a, um, a capital firm called Julep Run Capital. And I said, here's my idea. And I, I showed up to the meeting, you know, in a cutoff J dog shirt with BDUs and boots, <laughs> you know, all sweaty, buffed up, you know, and I went up to these guys and said, you know, this is what I do. Hardest working guy you'll ever meet. I want to franchise this thing nationwide with my wife and uh, we need money. And uh, they thought about it and they realized this thing did seem like a good investment and we, we raised them um, over a million dollars.
1: Now, as one myself that has looked at some side businesses, uh, especially most recently, uh, you know, my wife, uh, she got furloughed and we just, you know, rewound. Ninety days ago, we're still having this conversation in my house about what does it take? And I noticed when I started researching ways to get financing, there's a couple fundamental steps that need to be in place. I'm imagining you there in your sleeveless tee and cargo shorts, a handsome man. Don't get me wrong. Um <laughs> But did you have with you the fully fleshed out business plan or was it one of those meetings where they're like, Hey guy, we love what you're about. Can you come back with X, Y, and Z? You know, something like that.
3: No, I actually, I actually did have a business plan. I mean, I had done this before. I, you know, this is my second rodeo with franchising. I had already gone through the process of investing in a franchise system when we did the um, swing set business. So I had all the documentation. I understood, you know, P and L's and pro forma. So I did have some experience with that. And plus, you know, lessons learned over those 20 years to get me to that point where I could wear a tank top t-shirt and throw down some numbers and say, this is, this is real. And they can look at it and go, this guy kind of knows what he's talking about. He knows his numbers. Hmm. So this makes sense to us. It wasn't like I was just some you know, pie in the sky, shark tank, you know, contestant saying, <laughs> you know, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the strong guy. I need your brains to run this thing. I, I was going to run this thing a thousand percent with their support and when the, with their mentorship in exchange for stock.
1: Now looking outside of those that are seeking franchises with you, just in general the person out there that's got the entrepreneurialism in their blood but wants to take that next step. What are the things you suggest in creating that business plan? What are the most critical elements they should know how to do or software they should download so that they can write the proper plan?
3: Yeah, you you, you got to go to the basics. So, you know, I, I almost call it like a kindergarten, you know, operating plan where you, it's crayons, it's scissors, it's pens and pencils, you know, all this software junk and all this extra things that people try to get into. The basics are the basics. You know, what, what's your service? Is there a demand for the service? Um, are you solving a problem? Do you have a competitive advantage? Why you over the next guy? And what I would say to the fellow veterans out there, you do have an advantage. You have your veteran status and most veterans don't even utilize that. So number one, whatever business or whatever service you put up, you you gotta be a veteran owned and operating model. You got to market yourself to the veteran community, and then start branching out to your fellow uh, patriots in your neighborhoods and, and your in and your uh, cities, because those are going to be your consumers that are going to use your products and services. So I would really dummy it down um, and and spend as little as possible in the beginning when you don't have any money. Um, don't leverage yourself too much on debt because that's the problem. Really, in, in most small businesses, they owe, they borrow too much money and they and they drown. Um, so I'm more of a guy that says, "Hey, start knocking on doors. Work seven days a week. Be the first person up in the morning. Be the last person to go to bed."
1: Welcome back to CBS Ion Veterans. I'm journalist for ConnectingVets.com, Phil Briggs. Now we're going to continue our conversation today about finding a job, and not just a job, a career. And we're talking with Jerry Flanagan, the founder of J-Dog Junk Removal. With over 200 franchises, he's built something incredibly impressive. But I personally sought his advice over a year ago when I began seriously thinking about starting my own business. But as many of us right now are searching for a new career, my conversation with Jerry reveals that no matter what, unemployed, underemployed, or living through a global economic transition like we are today, Owning your own business is within reach, and it might even be a J-Dog junk removal franchise. Along the way, did you also recommend things like the SBA or reaching out to resources that can help you design the perfectly crafted business plan?
3: You do it all. I mean, first of all, the internet's your best friend, right? I mean, just go on the internet and you can find almost any sample business plan. Um, score's good. Uh, You go to a score Um, uh, but the resources are out there. If you search hard enough, you'll find everything you need. Um, get into the veteran community, find other veteran business owners that have more experience and they'll help you with, with your business plan and business models as well. You just got to get out there and network. You got to belong to all the networking groups, all the veteran community groups, Uh, Greater Philadelphia Veterans Network that's up here in Philadelphia is a tremendous resource. There are veterans out there that want to mentor, mentor our veteran community, and they're all out there, and there's a lot of them are very successful. They've built a lot of businesses, and they're willing to help.
1: I remember your advice on getting a partner was even before you start with a capital person or a bank person or a business owner. Talk to me about why your wife or your spouse might be the most important partner you have.
3: Yeah, because you're going to spend your entire life, you know, building this business. I mean, it doesn't shut off at five o'clock. If you're a business owner, an entrepreneur, you're going to need your wife or your spouse, um, hundred percent on board with you. Otherwise it's going to cause problems. Um, they need to understand the family needs to understand that work comes first. Um, there's no such thing as cutting out all this family time when you're an entrepreneur I just I just don't believe it you got to bring the family into the entrepreneurship you got to bring them into the fold of this entrepreneur family it's not a cutoff you can't just shut things off and then go do the other things you kind of have to make a blend with it and when you have a partner like my wife who's my co-founder partner you know equal partner in everything we do senior vice president here it's so much easier because she understands the demand that it takes to run a business like we have. She understands that the hours that are involved and that you have to answer the phone on Sunday at 8 o'clock at night, even though the game's on. You've got to be available, and you've got to be able to not turn it off. I just don't believe when you're an entrepreneur and you're building a company that you have the ability or, or the, the luxury of turning it off. Maybe when you're doing 50 to $100 million someday and you have people to run it for you, that's different. But most people we're talking about, they need to work it every day.
1: Yeah, and I also remember uh, one of the tales you told about your kids. Uh, when you founded J-Dog Junk Removal, they were younger. Uh, didn't they go out with you on the trucks?
3: Absolutely. Yeah, so Daddy-Daughter Day with one one daughter, Cora, she would go out on the trucks with me. It was the only time I could really see her because the weekend, she's obviously at school. And then she would run out and, and haul the junk with me. I'd let her pick her own prizes, and she would be bringing stuff home like Sanford and Son basically every weekend. It was great. <laughs> but taught her work ethics. Um, my other daughter... QuickBooks uh, guru so she did the books with my wife so you got both daughters in middle school working two sides of the business which I think really rounded them up they're both in college now I think that uh, those basic skills really really taught them a lot
1: oh man that's awesome and I also love how you phrased that it's junk removal but you said pick your own prize (laughs) what was one of the the weirdest things you ever picked up
3: I'd say one of the most incredible things I ever picked up was the first 20 editions of Sports Illustrated with all the business cards in them um, I thought that was pretty cool <laughs> because that was the original Sports Illustrated from 1954. Um, I also picked up an 800-pound anchor that was over 100 years old that was embedded in someone's backyard. Uh, that was pretty crazy. Um, yeah, this, the, the stories go on, and we could do a, a whole mini series of uh, you know <laughs> of the of the junk stories that you that you encounter when you're cleaning out these homes. <laughs>
1: I always think of you whenever I watch American Pickers because those guys come across some amazing stuff. And of course, they're automotive interests, but uh, you know they find some just really ridiculously cool things.
3: It's funny you say that, uh, Phil, because we actually are in the process of creating our own television series. We already prepared a, th- uh, a sizzle reel. We have a, the producer and writer. Um, who thinks our show is going to be one of those American Picker Storage War type shows? So we're in those early phases of preparing it, but you, you may see in the next year or two um, the J Dog TV series coming onto one of those channels.
1: Oh, that's amazing! I'm I'm glad I made that segue there. Yeah, because that's just what I was getting ready to ask you: is what's on the horizon for J Dog? Over 200 franchises now. Um, share with me just some bullets on uh, what you got going beyond TV.
3: Yeah, so um, we launched our carpet cleaning division um, a little over a year ago, um, and that's doing great. We have, have almost twenty of those so, signed up, um, and that's good timing because you know carpet cleaning, and you know, making sure things are wiped down and, and COVID protected, you're able to um, to capture that need as well right now. So we're we're fortunate that both businesses are essential. Um, sky's the limit on the, on the, the, the junk side. It's just we've signed over 70 locations this year, and the, the whole country's wide open. So we're very, very comfortable that we're going to be able to saturate the entire country. Every zip code in the United States would have some type of J-Dog. Um, carpet cleaning, we'd like to get that thing going, um, get it to 50 to 100 locations, and then we'll see. We'll see what the next one's going to be. Whatever it's going to be, we've got to make sure that it's highly profitable, it has unlimited demand, and it's extremely competitive with our veteran status. And it's cost effective. We don't want to get into very expensive franchises.
1: And I never thought about the ever-present need, and in fact, increased need, in things like household cleaning services. Because we are in a COVID era where people are trying to go the extra step now to ensure that we're not bringing in germs and viruses from outside the home. Um, mm, Great stuff.
3: Yeah, all the businesses need us now. The restaurants and uh, schools, they, they all need the service to be wiped down. And people are going to be having Thanksgiving coming up, right? So what's the first thing they're going to want to do? Well, when the... When the families all leave, they're going to want us to come in and, and get that get that cleaning going in the home to, to disinfect and make sure it's safe. And then same thing over Christmas. And then ongoing, we're going to find ourselves in that nice little spot here where people are going to be more um, prompt, you know, more out to get their homes cleaned by us as they normally would.
1: Last question. If I'm a veteran, I'm on the fence right now. I'm looking around my neighborhood. I, 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 I just don't have the income that I needed. What qualifications do I need to come to J-Dog?
3: Well, you need to be a veteran or a veteran family member. Um, So you need to be able to produce a DD-214. And we basically are looking for people that, you know, that want to represent the brand properly, that want to hire veterans and patriots, um, carry on our mission, um, you know, look for that ethos of brotherhood that uh, we like to share, and hopefully you get the right people in this place. You know, we will be able to spread out this hiring initiative of getting the veteran unemployment rate to under 1% nationwide those are the people that we're looking for in J-Dog.
1: And what I love most especially about that is it sounds like it's character over context. Like, it doesn't require the college degree. You're not looking for somebody that has junk removal on the resume. You teach them all.
3: Yeah, it's, it's a one-week um, here at J-Dog University. Um, and it, you know, basically, it comes down to people, passion, patriotism. I mean, that's the really the three things that we look for in our franchisees.
1: Well, the sky is the limit. And I just am so impressed with your success. I love to hear this. And in this, you know, I'll say it again in this economic climate we're in right now, uh, it's time to look in the mirror. And if you want to make that change, uh, maybe it's the silver lining to what's been a horrible year, and that this could get somebody motivated to take that leap and find success in running their own show for a change. So, Jerry Flanagan, J Dog, how do I find out more about it online?
3: Uh, very simple. Go to JDog.com, J D O G.com.
1: An inspiration, a pleasure. Love talking to you, man.
3: Thanks, Phil. Take care, bud. All
1: right, so that does it for this week's show. Thank you for listening. Now, we'd love to hear from you, so follow us on Twitter, at IonVeterans, or you can reach me, at Vet. I'm always down to get your hot takes and spicy memes, and I'd love to talk to you every week. So please, like and subscribe. Hell, even give us a review of the show, because the comments and reviews really help us tailor the show to you. Again, I'm Phil Briggs, Navy veteran and reporter with ConnectingVets.com in Washington, D.C. And I look forward to talking to you again on another episode of CBS Audio's Eye on Veterans.
0: Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Ion Veterans ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com survey. You know how to
2: book flights and hotels. Download the Viator app now and use code VIATOR10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Catch every episode of 60 Minutes, America's most watched news magazine show, as a podcast. Hear in-depth investigations across politics, news, and entertainment on your schedule. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery+.